0: Today is Vision Sunday, and um, whenever we cast the vision of the church, it is not just from the dreams of people, it's not fantasy, because the book of Jeremiah would rebuke the prophets who would presumably say, this is the word of the Lord, and then the spirit of the Lord says, no, it's not. You did not even stand in my counsel. So as preachers of the Word, as pastors of the church, we don't presume that just because we feel it, maybe this is from God. We always sift it through the power of the Holy Scriptures because the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will never ever contradict each other. When uh, my wife, Rose, and I became the senior pastors of the church six years ago, the Lord gave us a vision. We prayed for it. We fasted for it. We consulted the pastors about it. And thus began the vision of the Lord for Lighthouse circa 2019, rebuild, renew, restore. This is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. Ipinakita ng Panginoon na dadaan ang church at ang mga taga-lighthouse ng season ng muling pagbubuo, ng muling pagtatayo, ng pagpapanumbalik, ng pagpapanariwa. And we asked the Lord, why is the Lord, why is the word like that? And the Lord started showing us. The cracks in the wall in our church. Why there was leakage. If you remember my story six years ago that the Lord impressed this need for me and my family. When one day I went home and I received the Manila bill and it was 36,000 pesos in one month. Nakatanggap na ba kayo ng Manila bill na 36,000? And we soon found out there was a leak in our water pipe. And the Lord showed me that that is exactly what's happening in the church. There's a leak. There's a leakage. There's a need to rebuild, to renew, to restore. That was 2019. Come 2020, we talked about this vision of oaks of righteousness. If you remember this, they will be called oaks of righteousness. I don't know if it's clear enough for you, but in that Sunday, in that year, the Lord promised us. That the Lord is raising up people who are oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Why? Because little did we know that by 2020, March of 2020, COVID will hit and would hit. And there was great shaking not only in the church, not only in the nation, but the entire globe. Na yung lahat ng pinagmamayabang ng tao. Isang virus isang virus pala. The Lord would the world would come to a halt. But the Lord gave us a word before the pandemic struck. We are oaks of righteousness. We're like trees planted by streams, by streams of water, that though dry seasons would come, our leaves will never wither. The power of a vision. By 2021, as the world was coming out of the onslaught of this virus, the Lord gave us another vision. Core. Inakalagay po sa ating mga wall hanggang ngayon. Core. Na for as long as our core is strong, meaning we are central to the Word, the Word of God would always be the sole basis and the sole source of every authority that the church would do. For as long as there is an overflow of the Holy Spirit, for as long as there is resilience of the saints and we are focused on the expansion of the kingdom, if the core is clear, the church would continue to be blessed. 2022 as now the church was coming back. Nagbalik na po ang church face to so face. For our online community, please come back to church physically. Nagsimula na po, nagbalik na po ang mga Tagal lighthouse. By 2022, the Lord gave us a word from, uh, from Exodus, no, from Genesis 26. Wholeness. Binubuo ni Lord muli ang kanyang mga hinirang. Last year was the year of impact. That we would not take for granted the things that God has led us through. Even our painful things. For as long as we identify our core and we mind our anvils and we pursue the presence of the Lord and we activate that call and we always capture divine setups, then we know we can always trust the divine providence. All from Genesis 37 to 50, the story of Joseph the dreamer. And even as last year was going on, The pastors and the elders could not but be in awe of the main things that God has done, the impact stories that the Lord has authored in the lives of so many people here in Lighthouse. What the devil has meant for our ruin, God has turned around for our good, for the saving of many lives. Today I pause to honor a person who has made such an impact in my life personally, and in the life of the whole community. Though she walked in an obscure manner, hindi siya kilala, hindi siya umakit dito sa stage, but she worked for as long as I believe Lighthouse has been in existence, she has been part of our community. Last week, the Lord took home our very dear sister Tina Bane. She used to head our intercessory ministry. She would sit on that part of the sanctuary. She was a close friend because she was a fellow warai And whenever she would pray for me, she would hold my hand. She would speak in our native language. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. We would surely miss the servant of the Lord. Who never aspired to get glory for herself. Who never even wanted to be mentioned. Who never even wanted to be in the eye of the public. And yet, week after week, month after month, year after year, Sister Tina Bane walked in the presence of the Lord. And what an impact she has left behind. Today, we condole with the rest of the Bani family. Manore is here, Kenneth is here, and the rest of the family. Shall we bow our heads and let's pray for them. Paganoon, salamat that even in the brokenness of our hearts, your word assures that death is not a tragedy, especially for those who are in you. We will miss Sister Tina. But forever, Lord, your word declares that her deeds will follow her. We who are still living shall always be inspired by the narratives that you have written for her. Pinagdarasal po namin ng kanyang mga naulila, ang kanyang pamilyang labis na nagluluksa. That Lord, even in the darkness of their grief, the light of Jesus shall continue to shine upon their hearts and their souls. To know that Sister Tina, she had lived a life worthy of emulation because Sister Tina followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, we are assured that she is now in the golden streets of heaven enjoying this uninterrupted fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the life of your precious daughter. As a grateful community, O Lord, we bow before you in praise and adoration in Jesus name we pray everyone will say amen papurihan natin lord sa buhay ni sister tina and as we ministered to her family even in the hospital as she was gasping for her last few breaths i was always reminded by the lord of the sermon series that we commenced by the first sunday of this month of january we talked about living for the great reward. How beautiful it is when we aspire for the great rewards of the Lord. Not just for the material things that the world could give us because things that the world will give us would come and they would soon go. But we, what we do for the honor of God, even in secret, the Word of God in Matthew 6 would remind us great is our reward from the Father. And we spoke about Relying on God's great mercies, that we could go on in this life knowing that the Lord has commanded us to never give in to anxiety, to never overthink about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evils thereof. The Lord has put barriers, even in the problems that would beset His people. His grace would always be more than sufficient because His grace and mercies are brand new every morning. Last Sunday, we spoke about responding to God's great heart and God's great call. The Lord reminded us that the harvest is plentiful. The Lord has compassion over the people who walk this life like sheep without shepherd. But He sees as well the great potential in the harvest that is before us. And so the Lord exhorts us in His Word, Pray, therefore to the Lord of the harvest, to send out workers into the harvest field. Today, we culminate the sermon series as we cast the vision of the Lord for the church. If you like to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, we are now in Matthew chapter 11. I would like to ask everyone to please stand up and I would like to ask my wife to help us in the reading of the word. Open your Bibles now to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. We will be reading from the English Standard Version. Verses 1 all the way to verse 11. Matthew 11, verses 1 to 11.
1: This is ESV. When Jesus had finished instructing His 12 disciples, He went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, He sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Matthew 11, verses 1 to 11.
0: This is the word of the Lord. Amen? You see that word great or greater? I have underscored that. It is from a Greek word, megas. That's where you get the word mega, great. And when used in the context of greatness, it means mighty. It means strong and eminence, distinguished, exaltation, being more majestic, noble. I love this word, August, the August body. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of ascending to the greatness of the Lord. Not to man's greatness, for man's greatness is finite, ephemeral, temporary, and fleeting. But when we ascend to the greatness of God, we live lives that are truly for His glory and honor. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, you said in your word that without vision, your people will perish. You said in your word, O Lord, that you ordain the steps of the righteous. You said in your word, O Lord, that the days before us have been written in your book, even before one of them came to be. You said in your word, O Lord, that your God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so Lord, today as a people, we root ourselves in your truth, that you are an imminent God. You are a God who is with your people. But you're also a transcendent God, a God who is not limited by the imaginations, even the schemes of men. You're above and beyond the deepest and the highest thoughts of our imaginings. So today, Lord, would you speak once again as you now impress upon your people the vision that is taken from your Word, the vision of greatness. Speak unto us, O Holy Spirit, in ways only you can. Our hearts are ready, our minds are open, our souls are thirsty, our spirits are quickened to the power of your Word. Glorify your name, Lord Jesus. As we give you the highest praise to the greatness of your name, everyone will say, "Amen." Palapag natin the Lord, mga Thank you, my love. You may be seated. You might want to just remain in that part of the scriptures, Matthew chapter eleven, because we're going to we're going to be expositing verse by verse of this chapter and r- share with you what the Lord has been speaking to the hearts of the people, to your pastors and through your elders. Greatness. Whenever the word greatness, megas, is invoked, there is always this part of the human heart and the human soul that is stirred and sometimes it's for the bad. Because sometimes greatness, we think, is about us. Sometimes we think that We've got to be great people and have great lives. In the course of history, you have seen, for example, a Muhammad Ali. I don't know if the young people still would recognize him. In the 70s and the 80s, he ruled the boxing ring. And this Muslim boxer would always say, I am the greatest. He would always strut around and he would rebel against the American government when he refused to be consigned to the the U.S. Army. Why? Because a man as great as he was would never condescend to be just a mere soldier. Why? Because he thought he was the greatest. So, caveat lampo. Whenever pinag-uusapan natin ang kadakilan, never ever for a moment think that we talk about our greatness because the Lord would always detest the proud. Greatness is not about us. But sadly though, greatness, when the world defines it, it is always about who is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, even in the NBA. Is, is it Steph Curry? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it LeBron James? Is it Kobe Bryant? Is it Tim Duncan? Is it Shaquille O'Neal? Sorry, what I just said, Kobe Bryant, my bigan. But we always talk about who's the GOAT, who's the GOAT. Or whenever we look at history, we always talk about the great people. Jose Rizal, the great hero. Martin Luther, the great reformer. Mahatma Gandhi, the great Indian leader. We always talk about the attributes of great people. And for many people, it becomes their life's end, their life's goal. Paano ako magiging dakila? I want to have a great name. Kaya kailangan great ka sa TikTok. Ikaw dapat ang pinaka-greatest influencer. Ikaw dapat ang pinaka-greatest sa lahat. And it fans and it fuels the hubris, the pride that are in people. There are four nanay. They had a reunion after so many years from graduating from high school. And they were, of course, trying to outdo each other in their lives, accomplishments, especially with their children. Mare, kumusing anak mo? Oh, one Mare said, oh, my son... He's now a priest. He's been ordained as a priest. Every time he walks into the room, people would say, "Your reverence." Oh, the mother second mare could not be outdone. Oh, Mars, yung ako ubis na bishop na. And whenever he enters into the room, the people would say, "Your Excellency." And the third mother would not be outdone. Oh, na naman ng mga anak ninyo. My son is now a cardinal. Whenever he enters into the room, the people would say, Your eminence. The fourth mother was just quiet, and the three of them went and looked at the third, the fourth mom. How about your son? And the mother said, the fourth mom said, Well, he did not even finish high school and college. And the three moms were like, but you see, my my eldest is now six five in height. He works out four times a week, muscles all over. He's a model, long hair, a hunk of a guy. And every time he enters into the room, the women said, Oh my God. It's always about greatness. Sinong pinakadakina? Sinong pinakastig? Sinong pinakaguapo? Sinong pinakasikat? Sinong may pangalan? But that's not what we're going to talk about today. When the Lord, when the Word of God talks about greatness, let me share with you before I preach from Matthew 11, this verse from Psalm 145. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness, no one can fathom. That's the greatness that we're going to aspire for, to ascend to for the rest of our lives. Your greatness, Diane. Halo sa isang Hebrew word gadol. And really, as I already mentioned, it means exceedingly great. Kulang panga yung word the great in the English language. But when the Hebrew people would talk about gadol, it means exceedingly great because it can only be ascribed to God. Marvelous, highest, magnificent, immensely wonderful, of greatest distinction. So now, my brothers, I could end and say, if you would like to receive the word of the Lord about greatness, it's not about you. It's about the greatness, the magnificence of God, which by his grace, by the power of the cross of Christ, has been lent. So that from this point forward, whenever the world will see greatness in us, we cannot ascribe the glory unto ourselves. We can only say, to Jesus alone, be all praises. Everyone will say, Amen. Matthew 11, of course, is preceded by Matthew chapter 10. Para maintindihan natin yung buong chapter ng Matthew 11. And Matthew chapter 10, of course, follows Matthew chapter 9, which we preached on last Sunday. And last Sunday, in Matthew chapter 9, we realized that the Lord, after coming down from the mountains, He started ministering to the lepers, raising the dead, He started ministering to the uh, devastated, to the defeated, to the desperate. If you remember last Sunday's word. And Matthew chapter 10 is now an advance of the Lord's mission. After doing it Himself, after exemplifying, after modeling it to the people, now the Lord summons the 12 disciples. You will see that in Matthew chapter 10. The title of the chapter is, Jesus Sends Out the Twelve Disciples. Ngayong ginawa ko na, at nakita ko na, now I give you the authority. How wonderful that we move as disciples in this borrowed authority, in this assigned authority. There's nothing that we could do if the Lord would not authorize us. But when the Lord gives us the authority of His greatness, or Matthew chapter 10 would say, they started driving out evil spirits and healing every disease and sickness. Not because... Peter and Matthew and James and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew, not because they were great, but because the greatness of the Lord supersedes them. Read it. I will not be preaching from that today. But at the same time, this greatness has a cost. As discipleship has a cost, this greatness the Lord would say in verses 11 to 39, He said, yes, you will be great. Yes, you will be great in the eyes of God, but not always recognized by the people. Truth be told, you will be rejected. You will be persecuted. You will be brought before the Sanhedrin. You'll be brought before the synagogues. You'll be flogged because you speak in my name. But the Lord would even say, but don't worry when you stand before the governors. Don't even worry about the things that you would say because the Holy Spirit would supply it unto you. Greatness is alive when you're aligned with God. Even when you're under duress, pinipilit. When the greatness of God resides in you, you don't have to worry what you're going to speak on. And then that chapter ended when the Lord would say, but there is a promise of great rewards. For those that would receive you as a prophet, they will receive a prophet's reward. For those that receive a righteous man, they will receive a righteous man's reward. And even if they just give you a cup of cold water, they will never lose their reward from heaven. That's the context of Matthew chapter 10. He was exhorting the disciples that now that I've shown you my greatness, you have the delegated authority. You shall walk in the greatness of this great God who moves and lives and reigns in you. Now, again, another context. The, 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 the verses that Rose read for us centered on John the Baptist. Para meron tayong idea. Matthew 11 talked about John being in prison. Who is John? Not John the disciple who wrote the book of John, but John the Baptist. Juan Bautista. Ipinanganak ng kanyang na si Elizabeth at her old age, and Zechariah the father could not even believe. But from the onset of his life, the angel already declared that this woman, this baby, this man, would accomplish great feats in the kingdom of God. And true enough, some twenty years plus later, John the Baptist started ministering the power and anointing of the Lord. He was an out-of-the-box preacher. He was not wearing fine clothing or soft clothes. He was wearing camel's hair. He was eating locusts. He was devouring honey. He was in the wilderness. He was not in the palace. You see, the people in the world would define greatness as kelangan sa malakanyang ka, kelangan senate floor ka. Kalangan TikTok influencer ka? Nothing about, nothing against influencers, okay? But when the world talks about greatness, it's about accruing fame and popularity unto themselves. But with John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness. But because the greatness of God was upon him, people would flock toward John the Baptist. He was a preacher of righteousness. He would look at the priest and he would say, Oh, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites. John the Baptist had the immense, distinct honor of baptizing Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was ready to do his public ministry, the Lord Jesus submitted to the sacrament of baptism. And John the Baptist refused and he said, Lord, you should be the one baptizing me, not me baptizing you. And Jesus Christ would say, to fulfill all righteousness. Let's do it. Let it be so. You see, if you're John the Baptist... And if your character is not strong enough, you would have said, I'm so great, no? Sa dinami amin ng anak, ng mga kababaihan, ako ang pinili ni Lord to be the voice in the wilderness to say, prepare ye the way of the Lord. John the Baptist would have believed in his own, in his own propaganda that he was truly the greatest. Imagine being John the Baptist. And having the honor of pointing at Jesus and saying, look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When He would say, this is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was long before me. He was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Imagine having that singular seat in the front seat of history. Si John the Baptist po ang meron privilege ng ganun. After 400 years of intertestamental quiet, wala nang propetang dumating sa Israel mula nang malakay hanggang sa time ni John the Baptist. And here comes a prophet-like voice pointing at Jesus, declaring to the world, I must now decrease because Jesus is now here. He must now increase. And you would realize kung ganyan ka importante ang buhay ni John the Baptist oh he would have been rewarded greatly in this life but wrong in Matthew chapter 14 John the Baptist's John the Baptist's arrest was recorded Huh After everything that he has done after after everything that he did for the kingdom where did he end up He was arrested by who by Herod why because he went up to Herod Maybe in his palace, maybe in one of Herod's sorties, maybe John the Baptist came before the chariot of Herod and he rebuked this king. You know why? Because Herod was living in adultery. Herod had a brother Philip. His brother Philip had a wife Herodias. Herod got his brother's wife to be his own wife. Adultery. And John the Baptist came up to Herod and Herodias, who were strutting like they were above the law. And John the Baptist said, what you are doing is not righteous. You think the people applauded him? No. He ended up in prison. For as long, for how long did he stay? The Bible does not state A week, a month? Give or so. Less than a year, probably. Because this was during the onset of Jesus' ministry. But you see, few verses later, John the Baptist was already dead. He was beheaded. Why? Because <inaudible> uh, uh, ask for Herodias through the daughter. of Herod? Herodias, the one who was the one who was the one the Baptist was the See? the Baptist was dead. See? Greatness would not always end in the greatest story while here on earth. Let me say that for now. So, what talking today is the in-between. When he's in preso at before poguta in ulu. something happened in the in-between while he was in prison. That's where we're going to start. Matthew 11, the reading that we had today, now you understand the context. It says, Paki basa nga po. now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, so he was in prison, no? he heard about the deeds of the Christ, Paki basa? he sent word by his disciples and said to him, to Jesus, are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? Now you understand the context. Few chapters before, John the Baptist was so, was so certain, so confident, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. In another part of the synoptic gospel, I must now in- decrease. So Jesus must increase. In another synoptic gospel, I saw the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus. I heard a voice, This is my son whom I love. He was so sure about Jesus. But when John the Baptist was already in prison, doubt came. Puntahan mo nga si Jesus, sabi niya sa mga desa, sa mga ano niya, Disciples niya. Puntahan niyo nga talaga si Jesus. Ikaw pa talaga? Or baka nagkamali lang ako ng basa? Baka naman iba pa talaga. May iba pang darating. You see, before greatness would be bestowed upon you, doubts would come. The devil, or your own fallen human nature, would cast darkness and doubts over your own calling in life. It would cast darkness and shadow over who Jesus truly is in you, and for those of you that have gone through the valleys of life, you know how doubts how doubts could be pernicious. But then it to me. I di ba? Right? "How could good things happen? How could bad things happen to good people?" There will always be this crisis of the soul, and you would expect if Jesus was another Pharisee, Jesus would have rebuked the disciples. And Jesus would have said, Sabihin mo kay John na yan ang hina naman ng kaluoban mo? Problema lang ka na." He would have said that if he was a Pharisee. But thank God he is a God of grace. He's ever so gentle to those that are broken in spirit. Everyone will say, Amen. He is always ready for that exhortation because he's not only imminent, hindi lang siya natin, he's, always, he's also transcendent. Ibig sabihin, he looks and he sees beyond our realities and this is where we begin the word of the lord today quotes jesus telling the disciples of john the baptist let's read together go back to john and tell him about what you have heard and seen and what are those things the blind see the lame walk the lepers are cured the deaf here the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor and tell him, God blesses those who are not offended by me. This is from the New Living Translation. Ito mga kinikwento ni Lord. Saan Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 9. And now the disciples were doing it as well. They were authorized. Matthew chapter 10 and Matthew 11 came. And the doubts of John the Baptist were real. But Jesus Christ exhorted the disciples of John the Baptist. Go back and tell him. The great things that the Lord is doing. The miraculous things that the Lord is showcasing. Tell him. That the good news is being preached. John, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Don't you remember John the Baptist? You were the voice that cried out in the wilderness, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist, know this. The kingdom is truly here. How precious, how gracious of the Lord to talk to John the Baptist when he was already at the lowest point of his life, in the darkness of the dungeon, in that foul smell of the prison, kinatagpo siya ng salita ng Diyos. So that the confidence of John would be revived. Ladies and gentlemen, the vision of the Lord for the church, this 2024 and beyond, is to go and tell. Can you tap the person beside you on his shoulder or on her shoulder? Just tell him, tell her, go and tell. Yan pong mark ng isang great life. The mark of a great life is this, according to one secular author. Significance is when you find your voice. Greatness is when you help others find their voice. Jesus could have just said, you know what, let me preach to you. But He allowed the disciples of John to go back to John and tell the stories of God's greatness to John. That is the calling of the Lord for the church. Now, more than ever, mga kapatid, the narrative of God's great gospel should be preached. The narratives and the stories of God's greatness in your life kailangan maikwento mo. Ikaw ang tinatawag ni Lord na balikan mo, puntahan mo at ikwento mo. Ano ang ginagawa ng Diyos sa buhay mo? Ano na ang mga nagawa ng Diyos sa buhay mo? Thank you, Pastor Niki, for your prayer a while ago. That whenever you look back at 2023, 2022, and even when we look back to the pandemic times, ngayong 2024, we can always go back to ourselves, we can always go back to those that are doubting the great gospel has never ceased to be preached. Amen? Hindi dahil nagkapandemia tumigil ang, ang preach. Ng ng Diyos. The great gospel can never be hindered by the worst attacks of the evil one. It is when the night is darkest," my dad would say. It is when the night is darkest, that the brightest of stars are revealed. When your life is at its ebb, go and tell. What should we tell? The great gospel. The good news of what Jesus has done for you. And the narrative continues. When the disciples of John had gone, probably na sa pintuan pa lang ang mga disciples ni John the Baptist, babalik na sa prison. Kasi sabi, go back and tell John. The Word of God says, verse 7, Jesus began talking about Him to the crowd. I'm imagining this. It stopped there for a while. Maybe the people, the disciples of John were on their way out and Jesus says, let me tell you now about John the Baptist. And maybe the disciples of John stopped and they started listening. What would the Lord say about the great John the Baptist? Let's read this together. Who is this man in the wilderness that you went out to see? Did you find him weak as a reed? Moved by every breath of wind, were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? Canina in soft clothing. Those dressed like that live in palaces, not out in the wilderness. Were you looking for a prophet? And the Lord says, Yes, and he is more than a prophet. The Lord started exalting. The Lord started talking about the greatness of God in the life. Of John the Baptist was he a reed? Siya ba isang mahinang stick na kung saan lang umihi pang hangin? And of course the answer is clear. No, John the Baptist was never a weak reed. He was the one who stood against the Pharisees. He was the one who rebuked Herod. Kung si John gusto lang niya popular, he would have ceased preaching about righteousness. He could have just talked about something popular that the young people would applaud. Messages that would tickle the ear, but he was not like that, he was not swayed by the wind, nor was he a man who was into porma. Kalangan magandang damit, kalangan ang dating, kalangan magandang registers a camera. Sabi niya, those people with expensive clothes, sila yung mga na sa palacio, but not John. Was he a prophet? And he says, He's more than a prophet. Verse 10 John. It's the man to whom the Scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger before you. And he will prepare the way before you. Clear on ministry John the Baptist. That's it for John the Baptist when he was asked, Are you the Messiah? John the Baptist in John would say, I'm not the Messiah. Are you Elijah the prophet? No, I'm not Elijah. Who are you? And John would say, I am the one who runs before the Messiah. From the time John the Baptist began preaching and baptizing until now, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the violent people attack it. Mga kapatid, the calling of the Lord, the vision of the Lord for the church this year, 2024 and beyond, is that we become like John the Baptist. That our ministry is not just for the show, not the facade, not the popular, not the culturally approvable. Kasi kung cultural lang ang ating nakakabulin, woke na tayo ngayon. Woke crowd na tayo. Kung anong popular. Ikasal na rin natin ang babae sa babae. Lalaki sa lalaki dahil that's the popular thing now. Let us be like the reed being swayed by the wind. No. The Lord is calling us to rise above. Because our ministry is not just for this life. Our ministry is not just for this world. Our ministry is about the kingdom of heaven that is forcefully advancing, ladies and gentlemen. The kingdom of heaven that is being attacked by violent people. The kingdom of heaven that is being advanced by men of force. dito merong lakas, merong grit, merong giggle. Why? Because the violent people would continue attacking the kingdom of God. Those that are in the kingdom should be sturdy, should be like oaks of righteousness, because the only thing that, the only way that we can impact the world, is when we are not of this world. Hindi lang tayo ng mundo. We rise above the mundane, and this is talking about great ministry. When we minister now, mga this is ministry not to gain likes and popularity. This is not ministry just so we can be the most talked about church, the most followed in Facebook page and YouTube channels. No. If they're going to talk about Lighthouse, let it be said. Lighthouse yan. These are people who by the grace of God have risen above the mundane. They're not trying to impress us. They're not trying to tickle our ears with good sounding messages. They're not trying to attract you know, beautiful people, para presentable ang church. If the beautiful people would come, why not? You're welcome. But this is about great ministry. This is about waging war against the darkness. This is waging war against the demonic attacks. This is about waging war about or against ministries that are always about pakitang tao. Hypocrisy, Jesus Christ would tell it. If we're going to aspire for greatness, mga kaibigan, rise above. Tell the person beside you, rise above, Ka Rise above. More than the facade, more than the expensive clothes, more than the beautiful face, the heart should always be above the mundane. Everyone will say, Amen. The narrative continues and Jesus Christ now continues His honorifics, His tribute about John the Baptist. For before John came, All the teachings of the scriptures look forward to this present time. Lahat ng scriptures, Old Testament, they look forward to this time when John the Baptist would be revealed because John the Baptist would reveal the Messiah to the world. Verse 14, And if you're willing to accept what I say, Jesus Christ now nullifies the word of John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist said, I am not Elijah, but Jesus Christ said, He is Elijah. God says, turn back. For people who are seeing you headed towards the cliff and they just say, Baya mo na yan, basta natin siya. natin siya habang siya That's not love. The Word of God says, shoo. Return. Mend your life. That's why in Matthew 11, Jesus Christ would now say, listen to this. I don't want you to miss this. Jesus says, but to what shall I compare this generation? He was talking about the crowds, huh? He says, listen, it is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. Quote, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. Now, if you'll study this, this is a common song of Hebrew children. Yung mga kung meron tayong sinta, kung meron tayong bulaklak, sila silang kantang And their song is, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. It was a common song during the time. What was the message? Paragi yung kontrapelo. That's why the Lord would say, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He is a demon. The son of man came, referring to Jesus, and ate and drank. And they say, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. What's the point? Let me explain this. Katulad ng awit ng mga bata, nagpatugtog kami ng na masaya, VST and company, wala namang sumayaw. Nagpatugtog kami ng malungkot, kasi ayun niyo sayawan. Nagpatugto kami ng malungkot, wala namang umiyak. Palagi kayong may sariling opinion. Dumating si John, saying, Repent! Ano sabi nyo? Ah, may pagkajablo yan. Get the point? Jesus Christ spent time with the with the tax collectors and the sinners. Ano sabi La Lasinggero talaga yung Jesus na yan. They always had an opinion about themselves because they did not want to embrace change in their lives. They did not want to listen to the word of God. And Jesus started to denounce. Pinagalita niya talaga ang mga tao. He said, he denounced the cities where most of his mighty works had been done. Kunsan siya nag Himala? Kunsan may mga nabuhay na patay? Kunsan may mga ketongin nalinis? He said, you know what? Because they did not repent. Woe to you, chorazin! Woe to you Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. What is Tyre and Sidon? These are Old Testament places that have been cursed by God. Why? Because the people in Tyre and Sidon were just living demonic lives. And the Lord castigated Tyre and Sidon. Now imagine, you are from Chorazin, Bitsida. Kayo yung mga taong pinagpalang nakita nyo ang mga himala ni Lord. Nakita nyo si Jesus nag-preach. Sabi ni Lord, alam nyo? Kung yung mga nakita nyo, nakita ng mga taga Tyre and Sidon, siguro sila nag-repent. Pero kayo, nakita nyo na lahat na lahat, na, natikman na ang kabutihan ng Diyos. Pero kontrapelo pa rin kayo. You did not repent. My friends, let me tell you this. Christianity is not just about being entertained by pastors or singers here on the stage. When the Word of God is being preached unto us, it is a call for repentance. Shub. Return. Mend your life. In the Hebrew word, in the Greek word, it's called metanoia sa Hebrew shub. in Greek metanoia it means change your mind pagbabago change the inner man particularly with reference to the acceptance of the will of god these are from greek lexicons that i'm quoting here ang panawagan ni lord is repentance wag lang pumasok dito ang salita ng Diyos lara dito, paglabas mo ng church. Kumu ang church? Galing. May pagbabago? Ah, ibang usapan yung pagbabago. ano sinabi ng pastor? Kristyano ka na. Kailangan magbago ka. Wow, ganda ng message ha. So ano pare, babayaran mo na ba yung utong mo sa akin? Ah, ibang usapan yung kaibigan. See, when there is no repentance, you could be so amazed by the works of God and yet, no change of mind. Lighthouse, we are now 33 years old as a church. Tingnan mo nga yung katabi mong matagal mo nang kasama sa church. Tingnan mo lang ang itsura. May nagbago na ba, kaibigan? Yung dating suplada, sweet na bang ang muka? Yung dating marites, ano naman ngayon? Uh, maingat na sa kaniyang uh, mga salita? Yung dating palaging pala-away ngayon ba ay pala kaibigan na? Yung dating palamurang ngayon ba? I am not bago ng kanyang bibig. You know why? Ayoko yung bibihin, mga kaibigan, ha? If you're going to cast the vision of the Lord, let the word ring through. Because Jesus Christ said, You, Capernaum. It's a great city in Galilee. He said, You, Capernaum. Will you be exalted to heaven? Akala nyo? Langit kayo? I tell you, you will be brought down to Hades. Why? For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom. You know, remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Yung ginunaw ni Lord? If the mighty deeds done before you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Holy Spirit, impress this word upon us. Hindi kayo in-entertain ng church, mga kaibigan hindi tayo in-entertain ng Holy Spirit. The call of the Lord for the year and beyond for the rest of our lives, embrace repentance. Tell the person beside you, bilis, tagalogin mo, magandang tagalog na ito eh, bilis, tapikin mo, sabihin mo, magbago ka na kaibigan. Yan ay ibig sabihin ng embracing repentance. Magbago ka na. Kung sa pagne negosyo mo hindi ka maayos kausap, magbago ka na. Kung sa mga maid mo sa bahay hindi ka hindi ka fair magbigay sa kanila ng benefits, magbago ka na. Kung sa school, ikaw ang pinagmumula ng away, magbago ka na. Kung marami kang kasalanan, nakita mong nabiyak at nadurog ang buong pamilya mo, now that God is allowing you to behold these miracles, do not just let it tickle your mind and entertain you. Embrace repentance. Otherwise, Sodom and Gomorrah would be better off than you. Otherwise, Tyre and Sidon would be better off than you. Don't ever be deceived. And then matagal na ako sa church. Siguro langit na ako. The Lord says, Capernaum, would you be in heaven? Oh, I'm telling you, you're going down to Hades. A difficult word to preach, huh? But that is the vision of the Lord. Without the vision of the Lord, people will perish. We've got to tell the truth. Why? Because this is great discipleship. If you are going to be a true disciple of Jesus, pag sinabi mo, disciple ako ni Lord, Matthew 8, Matthew 9, count the cost. I am a great disciple of Jesus. Therefore, my life would never be the same again. Why? Because I receive the word of the Lord. I will have this shoop. I will turn back to God. I will have this metanoia. Change the inner man. Change the mind. And the narrative continues. And Jesus prayed this prayer. Pag si Lord na ang nagpray, basahin niyo nang beses. Pag si Lord na nagpray, yun yung prayer na pinapakinggan ng amasalangit. Okay? Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and clever, and for revealing it to the childlike. Yes, Father. It pleased you to do it this way. My father has given me authority over everything. No one really knows the son except the father. And no one really knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Another nugget of wisdom for this vision that word childlike is from the Greek word nepeos. I put the dash para my emphasize. Nepios. And that means to be an infant, to have a simple mind, even to be unlearned. But that also means the positive implications of innocence and completely trusting. In other words, the nuances, do not be too wise for your own good. Because the Lord, Jesus prayed, Lord, ipinakita niyo po na itong katotohanan to hindi niyo hindi niyo sa mga matatayog ang kaisipan at katalinuhan. Because this is the Word of God. The kingdom message ay hindi patalinuhan, hindi pataasan ng IQ. Hindi pagalingan sa Hebrew. Kaya ko lang nilalagay ang Hebrew tsaka Greek because I want you to, to digest the real meaning of the Word but not to impress you with that. Ang hinahalim ni Lord, childlikeness. Just like Jesus abides in His Father, kung ano lang ang gusto mo, ama, gagawin ko. The calling of the Lord for the church is to abide in childlikeness. Wag wawala in ang pananampalatayang katulad ng pananampalataya ng isang sangol, ng isang bata sa kanyang ama, because that's truly great faith. Kaya napi please the Lord when there is great faith, when people receive His word as a child would receive the word of a dad, and you can relate this to your lives, mga kaibigan. How beautiful it is. When your children just say, Yes, Dad. Yes, Dad. I believe you, Dad. Yes, Mom. I believe you, Mom. When you have that childlike faith, yan ang hinahanap ni Lord. If you're going to ascend to greatness, abide in childlikeness. This is the great faith that pleases the Lord. Akbayan yung katabi mo. Sabihin mo lang, abide in childlikeness. Okay? Pero paalalahan mo, pero wag kang childish. Okay? Wag childish. Wag childish, wag spoiled brat. Childlike means your posture before God is, I am not learned, Lord. Ako may nakapag-seminary, I might have gone to many masters and PhDs, but before you, Lord, the source of all great knowledge, I know nothing at all. That's childlikeness. And therefore, every moment, you don't claim that I have answers to the questions. Every moment I say, God alone has the answer. That's the great faith. That pleases the Lord. And in ending of this great chapter, Jesus Christ would now say, So come to me, all who you labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Oh, I'll be preaching on this in the next coming Sundays. But you see again that word rest. I have underscored. In the Greek, it's called anaposis. Maybe that's where you you get the word pause. I'll I'll consult the Greek uh, expert later, Pastor Bennett. It means cessation from labor. It means refreshment, inner rest, to be blessed, to have the blessed tranquility of soul. When you abide in God like a child, hindi kailangang pilit ang buhay. You come to me, the Lord says. I will give you Shabbat. The Hebrew word for that is Shabbat. That's where you get the word Sabbath. That means to desist from labor, to rest, to make disease, to celebrate the goodness of God's creation. Amen? And as I wind down this message, the vision of the Lord for this year is for the people of the Lord to totally yield. Hindi ikaw ang creator, ikaw lamang isang creature. Hindi ka ang Diyos, ikaw ay isang nilalang ng Dios. Hindi ikaw ang nagpapangyari dahil wala kang kapangyarihan. Ikaw ay nagpapasakop sa makapangyarihang Dios. And when you yoke yourself with Jesus Christ, it's the Lord that carries the yoke for you and you enjoy the great Shabbat. You enjoy, you enjoy the grief and apposes the great refreshment of the Lord. Everyone will say, Amen. isang a A mouse and an elephant and they were to cross a wooden bridge. So as they walked across the wooden bridge, the bridge would now swing to the left and to the right and it would bounce because of the weight of the elephant and they crossed that bridge and when they reached the other side, the mouse, the daga, looked up to the elephant and the mouse said, Oh, we shook that bridge, didn't we? yung You see, that's a good humorous story, but that's the story of Christianity. We shake the world! Not because you're heavy, not because you're powerful, but because... Beside you, yoked with you is the greatest name of all. That is the name of Jesus. He is our great Sabbath, so we totally yield. Greatness, you go and tell. Greatness, you rise above hindi to pakitang tao. Greatness, you embrace repentance. Hindi to sa yung Greatness you abide in childlikeness. Ito ang ino honor ni Lord kung nananampalataya ka katulad ng pagkapit ng isang anak sa kanyang ama. Greatness is when you totally yield. You are great not because there is greatness in you, but because the Lord assigned to you is greatness, and because of that, you can preach the great gospel. You can enjoy the great ministry. You can walk in true great discipleship and you will possess great faith. And in all of these, you can totally yield because God is our great Shabbat. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You can take a picture of this, my friend. This is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord in this day of the Lord, in this year of the Lord. Not from Pastor Jojo. Not from any pastor but from the very verses that God has placed in us. Before we pray, I'd like to call on here another. He was here with us about three months ago, and now he's back in the Philippines, so I said, the stories of greatness in your life, Pastor Bennett. Pastor Bennett is married to Sis Joyce. Sis Joyce is from Davao. Pastor Bennett is from India. They've been blessed with Netanya. God's gift. She's now 16 years old. She had or he had his Master's of Arts in Christian Leadership here in the Philippines. That's when we got to know each other. We went to the same school. And it was also about 23 years ago when we became partners and classmates in the Pastors in Training Program, Dito sa Lighthouse. So he became my brother in Christ. But soon after his Master's degree, he took his PhD from that great school and um, in these years he has published I think four books already or three books already. A great man, a great writer. One of his books is about the Sermon on the Mount and so please forgive me pastor if I uh, mispreached a little bit about the Matthew chapter 10 because he wrote an entire book about the Sermon on the Mount. Today he is the regional Secretary of Asia Theology Association of India under him is like 300 or 400 seminaries all over India. And his desire is to raise theologians in India. One of the most populous, if not the most populous nation in the world. So that India can shake the world for the glory of God. And it is with pride to say that he has never forgotten Lighthouse. He has always been part of the Lighthouse missions team. Please put your hands together for the greatness of God in the life of this great man of God,
2: Pastor Dr. Bennett Lawrence. Thank you. It is always a joy to be here. I can understand Tagalog very well, but to preach, it's not easy. So I will stick with English if you allow me to. I'm just going to share three stories. Pastor Jojo talked about several important things regarding greatness, greatness of God, and how we can do great things if we work with God. So I'm just going to talk about three things from our lives and also from our ministry. So me and Joyce went to India in about 2008, and we started doing some ministries. And when we were were thinking of doing the ministry in India, so we were thinking what all the things that we could do. And my father was always talking about one particular community. And this community is called as Gypsy Community, but it is really a tribal community who live in the cities. They are tribal. They are like mangyans, but they also live in the city. It is just a quite different worldview that they have. They are called as untouchables by the others. They don't interact with them. They don't touch them. Even They don't even give water to them. If they give water, they would just pour because they should not even touch them. Because if they touch them, they will become unclean. And so they are like that. Nobody minds them. They do not give any job for them. They do not interact with them. And so they are a very poor community. My dad always had a heart for them. And he had been talking about them to us for a long time and his friend started a ministry there. So he went there about 10 years ago, he planted a church there he began to share the gospel with them so gospel was already preached there and slowly people were coming to the Lord but we also found something happening in the community slowly these people were losing their land and property because the mainlanders would just go to them and then give them some money lend them some money and then they asked them to sign some document and then later on they would just take their land because they didn't know how to read they are illiterate so they don't know how to read for just small amount of money they will just sign something and they would just lose their belongings and their land as well so we were bothered by it and we wanted to do something about it. And so we started an evening school and we saw this small boy, his name was, his name was Badri. And so we saw this small boy, we wanted to do some ministry with him and we were educating them. We went, um, we, we went as volunteers. We also sent some volunteers every day to teach them something. Later on, we put them in the school and about 13 years later, from 2008 onwards, from, I uh, mm, mm, 13 years later, now this Badri is now doing his Bachelor of Commerce. The gospel. And the ministry has not just transformed one individual and it is helping the whole community. It is transforming the community. When they have a problem in the community regarding signing anything, they would immediately go to Badri and his friends and to talk about it. And it is helping the community. And many of them are coming to the Lord and they preach well, they share the gospel well. They are Christians, they are a different community right now. And we praise God for the work God is doing. In in that particular community, and transformation is happening in the community. It is not just because of us. It is not just because of our work. It is because of the passion God gives us and also the greatness of God is there in the gospel and also in the ministry that we can do these things to transform communities. I just want to challenge us today, dear friends, that we have to be the agents of change, agents of change with the tools of gospel and ministry. We can just go and reach out to our neighbors so that they will bring transformation into their own communities as well. I have two more stories to say, and one is very personal, so I'm going to talk about myself. I was 13 years old. I was very, very young. And so I was this young boy who wanted to do something for the Lord. And so uh, the bishop in our church, and he came to our church, and he had to preach in our church. And after the church preaching, he went to our house for lunch. So he was just eating lunch and finished the lunch, and as he was just walking out of the house, it was just a long walk, and as he was just walking out of the house, he just asked my dad, what is your son going to do? And he said, he will be going to the ministry we believe. And then the bishop said, yes, you send him to ministry, you send him to Philippines, and you, you ask him to do PhD, and he will come back and teach pastors here in India. This was long, long time ago. I was just 13 years old. He shared this thing. This was not a prophecy. He was just walking along and he just shared it and it became like a very important promise for me. I just put my faith into it and I began to pray for it. And when time came, we came here and I began to study, you know, I'm an MDiv here in Philippines and I was studying, I was doing all the things that I could do. And then my time was almost finished in the Philippines. I was about to go when Pastor Chuck was my mentor and, and, and I was discipled by him. I always ask him about any small thing. He was always discipling me in many things. So he was very busy on that year. This was 2004. He was very busy, he was traveling here and there. If you know Pastor Chuck in 2004, he was traveling a lot. And so uh, he came only one day to the office, to ASCM, and he was there in his office, and he had series of meeting. He was meeting the academic dean, he was meeting the registrar, he was meeting the faculty. So I didn't have enough time at all. So he was talking to all these people. So I requested to the secretary, Please find some time. I have to talk to him because I have to do my PhD. He is the only person that I know who could help me do my PhD. So I need to meet him. I was so anxious. I was so anxious. I was just waiting in the lobby the whole day. And I see people going in and coming out. And I was just thinking all my strategies are falling apart. Right? I want to do my PhD and if I get a signature from Pastor Chuck, I can do my PhD. All my strategies were falling apart and I was just sitting there and it was almost four o'clock and five o'clock and I just remember this song. I'm not sure if you know, this song is called Still, I Will Be Still and Know That You're God. This song was very famous in 2003 and this song just came to me over and over again, just have faith in God. Just have faith in God. You are in the discipleship team. You know all these things. Just have faith in God. And when you have faith in God and when you take Sabbath and rest, just rest in God and all things will happen. So I was just sitting there and singing this song and I see Pastor Chuck coming out. He just came out and said, I have to go, Bennett. I have to catch a flight this evening. I'm going to Australia. I don't have time for you. I'm very sorry. And then he said something. I'm going to Alabang. If you want, you can come with me. 45 minute drive I have, you can come with me and after that, you can take a bus and then go back home. So do you want to do that? I said, yes, I will go with you. So I just sat in his car and we drove until Alabang and all the way I was just sharing my passion, how I want to do PhD and then go back to India and teach the pastors to raise the pastors. All I had was 45 minutes and the 45 minutes changed my life, dear friends. When we rest in God, when we have faith in the promise that God had given us and God will make things happen. We don't have to do many things. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is rest in the greatness of God. Our God is so powerful. Our God is so great. He knows what is going to happen. He knows what plans that he has for you. And all we have to do is just rest in him. And when he, when we rest in him, he will make things happen. Pastor Chuck said, I don't have money, Bennett, but I will tell all the people. I will give you a letter saying you are a good student. And with that, you will get the support. And I got the support for five years and I completed PhD. And in 2008, I went back to India and we are teaching. We are teaching about, we are teaching about 8,000 students every year. Amen? We are preparing 8,000 students every year because of the 45 minutes. All our strategies may just go down. If we rest in God, God is going to do great things. I'm just going to share one more thing and then I'm just going to finish it. I was just talking to one of the greatest leaders of missionary movement in India and he has a very small Bible school. So he was talking about this guy. This guy who doesn't really understand things well. If you ask him to do something, he really doesn't understand things well. So he came to the Bible school, it seems. They said that he cannot be in the Bible school. We can just put him in the discipleship group, and then he will be mentored by others. I have few words in Tagalog that comes to my mind. I cannot say those words. And usually the jeepney drivers are the ones that were talking about those words. So he was like that. He didn't really understand much. And one day they gave some rice to him and said, Please wash the rice so that we can cook the rice. And he took it to the laundry room and he put laundry soap and he washed the rice and then brought it, it seems. So he's that kind of guy. Do you understand what I'm saying? He is that kind of guy. But this guy was in the discipleship group and then the teacher said, if you have faith, people will be healed. If you have faith, you just lay hands and pray, people will be healed. He just heard the word and he was praying about it in the afternoon. He just went. He went to where? He went to the general hospital. He went to the hospital there nearby and then he began to lay hands and pray on all the sick people. All the sick people, and he said, you are healed in the name of Jesus. You stand up and walk. And 40 people on that day were healed, it seems. 40 people because of the prayer of this guy, my friends. When I see this, I just see this whole picture of this gladiator first scene. If you just see, if you see the gladiator first scene, you see all these arrows coming up. Do you have that visual? And all these arrows coming up, you and me do not need to do anything. All we have to do is just walk. As we walk in faith, as we walk in the word of God, all that is happening, we are not doing anything. Just all these arrows of greatness of God is just going and hitting and preparing way for us, dear friends. Red Sea cannot stand in front of us. Jordan cannot stand in front of us as we stand with the greatness of God. Our God is powerful. Our gospel is powerful. It can just create amazing things. And we experience great things in our lives and ministry. And I pray that God will also bring this in our lives together. May God add blessing to this.
0: Come on, give your praise to the Lord for uh, that wonderful time of ministry Ta- pa- thank you Pastor Bennett and that's the reason why Lighthouse invests in missions and that's why Lighthouse adopts people from other nationalities so that they can go back to their own homeland and declare the greatness of God Amen can we lift up your hands real high for the benediction dear elders can you extend your hand towards our the people of the Lord and may the Lord bless you May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon all of you. May the Lord be gracious unto all of you. May the Lord lift His countenance towards all of us. May the Lord grant us His peace, His shalom, His anapossis. That as we shew, as we return to the Lord, as we embrace the metanoia, the repentance that God is calling us, truly your greatness you'll, will fill Lighthouse Christian community for the glory of the one and only name of our great Savior. His name is Jesus. And all the great children of the Lord will shout, Amen.